welcome. It is the Independence Gang, where at least it's the three quarters of the Independence Gang. We're uh, a member short here at the moment as we wait for a new guest of ours to connect for the first time. Benny, it's been a little while since you've been here. How have things been for you? Things are good. Things are good. Happy to be here. What Thank do you got you. behind you there, buddy? What's, what, what are you trying to tell us? What kind of subliminal messages are you trying to send? Oh, that's a um, excellent, uh, probably one of my favorite albums of all time. Oh, okay. I have a 4 by 4 flag of the album cover. Oh, cool. Well, we like album covers. You, yeah. you can't really tell that's behind me, but cool. the whole lower two levels of my shelving down here are full with albums right now. So it's pretty cool. Oh, cool. <laughs> anyway, welcome to everybody in our chat room. We're, we're kind of vamping here a little bit, hoping Barrington will be able to get connected before we truly get started. I do want to mention something, uh, though, that the um, I happen to watch a bit of Tucker Carlson before the program tonight. Tucker Carlson, I think, is the most important figure on television right now, speaking the truth. There aren't many doing it anymore, and Tucker certainly is, and thankfully he is. But I happen to notice... I happen to notice that Tucker is now using clips and reporter interviews from Sky News Australia, which is one of our favorite sources. Britt, do you think Tucker watched one of our episodes, realized how great these folks on Sky News are in Australia, and is now going to them for information? I think no. Not even a chance. <laughs> Can't we pretend? Can't, <laughs> Not we just, even a chance. Can't we take credit for it and pretend? <laughs> I mean, if it makes you feel better, I yes, he's watching us. Okay, he, good. I think he 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 dreams about you at night. Uh, but let's start with this, Benny. You know, you're obviously aware that Joe Biden got on Air Force One and and, and took a six or seven hour nap. Went to uh, England, landed. He gave a speech in front of a, um, a, a bunch of U.S. military personnel at a U.S. Air Force base in England, where he proclaimed that climate change was the biggest threat facing. Uh, the United States, according to our Department of Defense, according to him, according to our Department of Defense, uh, which uh, prompted the joke from Sky News, which we used on our program last night, uh, that none of these folks signed up for the 101st Windmill Division or the 82nd Solar Panel Division. You know, these soldiers must be thinking, what the hell am I doing here if climate change is the biggest threat to our nation. I mean, it seems a little weird to me that that they're using every single opportunity to hammer this climate change message, Benny. Yeah, I, well, first of all, I think it's an embarrassment to everyone in the armed forces or anyone, um, you know, ex-veterans who have served in, you know, every branch of the, mil of the military. I think that's, um, I think it's a slap in the face to them, a little, um, you know, spit in the face too. Because, like you said, what are they risking their lives for overseas? In now, we, you know, we could get into a whole other topic about the, um, you know, Iraq War and the war in Afghanistan. You know, um, but uh, the the bottom line is we have troops stationed all over the world. Uh, we're sort of America's police force. Again, we can have a, a discussion about that. But the bottom line is by saying that climate change is the biggest threat to our country and the world. Um, well, A, it's just false, and B, it is a slap in the face to anyone that's ever served, and uh, it's, 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 it's disrespectful, and there's nothing that we or anyone else can do about it, and when those in charge try to play God, um, you know, uh, the cliff is right around the corner because people are imperfect, and this is just getting everyone ready for a carbon tax. It's getting everyone everyone ready for further shutdowns. And, um, you know, that, that Green New Deal is going to be um, 
a uh, huge detriment to all of society. Looks like we got Barrington connected. Hey, welcome, my friend. Great to have you on the program. I'm sorry it was such a challenge guys, to get you here. <laughs> no, guys, it is storming here in Atlanta. And um, it, it, I don't oh. know what, what happened to my internet, but it stopped. And I'm here, baby. <laughs> so, let's, 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 I'm glad to be here. So. <laughs> but thank you for having me. I'm so sorry, man, because I know I, I hate to be late to places. And like I was totally, totally get prepared. It. So, so thank you guys for having me again. I'm so hey, sorry about my hey, timing. Hey, you were you were ballsy enough to run as a Republican in a Democratic district, and you know if you didn't win that, you're not going to be able to control God in the weather. So we're good with that. No, so no correction. We're, we're as, rolling. I ran, as, I ran as a Democrat, by the way. I ran as a Democrat, but if we get into that, I'll t I'll explain all of that later. I'll all right. All that later. Well, again, welcome. I okay, also well, wanna, I also want to point out that Benny, uh, we need to see your shirt there because you're. You're singing uh, the praises of my hometown here where you once, li once lived, Cooperstown, New York. Good to see that representing. Very, very nice. <laughs> yep. All right. So Joe Biden Joe Biden uh, met with the G7. We played a bunch of those clips last night. Uh, today, uh, he had uh, meetings with NATO uh, allies, and he gave some remarks after those meetings. And I, I've cut out a few of these clips here in reference to those remarks, and I want to go through them. The first thing he said in his press conference following his meeting with NATO allies is this. Today's meetings, I want to say a short word about our ongoing fight against COVID-19 at home. Okay, so he comes out of this NATO conference and immediately starts talking about COVID. I'm starting to think, Barrington, that this COVID discussion is his, hey, you know what, everything else has fallen apart around me, but let me just, let me remind you that I, I think I'm, I'm solving the COVID crisis. It seems like he goes to that anytime there's a little bit of skepticism about the work he's doing. Okay, so this is my, this is my thing, right? Um, the mainstream media has hypnotized the entire United States populace to believe whatever it is that it wanted to believe. And so I, I automatically understand that the thing, the notion that fear and hatred drives um, human interaction or it is the, the foundation to drive human behavior. Right. So. We know that something's going on with President Biden in which. Um, I don't know. I don't want to say he's on a cognitive decline, but there's evidence that strongly suggests that, right? But if he goes to COVID or speaks about anything dealing with the pandemic, the coronavirus, everyone snaps out of looking at whatever else that we should be looking at. And we automatically zone in to the pandemic and we automatically zone in to COVID because anytime we hear COVID, we have to get tight. Like, oh my gosh, what, what is he going to say? But if he just speaks about anything else that's when all of his weaknesses that's when all of the the signs of cognitive decline com comes out and it's like wait a minute we we need to start asking questions and we start asking questions up oh, coronavirus we gotta talk about that we gotta talk about that guys and that's what happens <laughs> it's, it's 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 like it's, it's legitimately like the pie piper yeah yeah and he does it every time there is a little bit of trouble brewing, and there's certainly trouble brewing. He's taken a lot of criticism uh, about his meeting with the G7, and I think there's going to be a lot of follow-up criticism to this meeting with NATO. Here's another comment he made in his remarks to the press after this NATO meeting. The last time NATO put together a strategic plan was back in 2010, when Russia was considered a partner and China wasn't even mentioned. 
All right, so Benny, so he's he's talking about the fact that, that NATO now has a new plan. It's called the 2030 plan or the 30 plan. Uh, and he said the last time, and it's, and it's different this time around, because the last time they had a plan was the 2010 plan, and Russia was a partner. This is important. In 2010, they can, NATO considered Russia a partner, and China wasn't even mentioned. Please remind me, Benny, who was president in 2010, and who would have been responsible for allowing Russia to go from being a partner to being an adversary from at least 2010 to 2016? Yeah, I think that was Barry. I think Barry Obama was the uh, president. Then. And who was the vice president? And, uh, Sleepy Joe. <laughs> Is, Joe was the vice president, so yeah, go ahead. I was going to say, is it fair to say that uh, from 2010 to at least 2017, when Donald Trump took office, those are a lot of years that may have been wasted in allowing Russia to go from uh, what they consider to be a partner to an adversary? Absolutely. And, I mean, the, the media is also complacent in this as well because the media makes uh, – now, Russia is not perfect, but the media makes Russia out to be – this big bad enemy while giving China a complete pass, which I think uh, is noteworthy, you know, to us that are awake, to us that are informed and to us who uh, pay attention. Uh, they give China a complete pass. <laughs> Meanwhile, since the 1950s, China has murdered over 20 million of their own people. You can look that up. So, um, yeah, I mean, um, I, I would say as far as adversaries go, the media has made Russia out to be, um, you know, the worst one when really um, they're sort of ignoring other really bad ones such as China. But that's because uh, we're in bed with China through the WHO and the CDC and through the trade agreements um, and whatnot. We kind of opened up this program talking about a recurring theme that seems to be permeating every official action by the Biden presidency, and this particular action, meeting with NATO, was no exception. We adopted a climate security action plan, which several years ago people thought we would never would do, for reducing emissions from NATO installations and adapting to the security risk of climate change while keeping a sharp, very, very sharp on our ability to deter and defend against threats. Uh, forget the fact there, Britt, that, uh, you know, he's kind of stumbling through the words themselves. But the fact that NATO, the North Atlantic Treaty Organization that was formed following World War II to prevent expansion by the communist governments of the Soviet Union and other uh, communist governments around the world, the Warsaw Pact, when they were formed, their mission was very clear. It seems to have evolved now to be climate warriors. The military's job is to break things and kill people. That's it. I don't want my military worrying about atmosphere and carbon dioxide, monoxide, whatever side. I, that's not their job. Their job is to keep us safe. Their job is to blow shit up. Their job is to kill the wolf when he's at the front door. Their job is to burn shit, break shit, kill people. That's their job. That's all they want them to do. They, hell, they have nuclear weapons that will make climate change seem like a, like a, like a picnic if we have to turn those loose. But that is their job. And they want us to go green. I'm telling you right now, there is a cabal that's running this crap, and they picked him for a reason. And it's so that they can take America off the playing field or handicap us to a point that they can control us like they control every other country around the world, except for maybe China. But I still think, I do think they truly control China also. Um, and they want that authoritative rule over us in America, that, that authoritarian, uh, communist, dictatorial. Do what I say, or you go off to the gulags and you die. And 
That's what they're after. That's what they're doing. But my, this is all smoke and mirrors. And to what Benny said, he's been talking about this stuff for so long that it's in his long-term memory. So it's easy for his dementia brain to go to it as he's declining. It's the more immediate stuff that he's having problems with, but that's classic dementia. So that's why he'll revert to something that's already there. Uh, to go to your earlier point there, uh, he seems to be handing America and American sovereignty to the rest of the world on a silver mm. platter. However, in this particular series of comments, he talks about the need for NATO in, in, in the post-Trump world to defend democracy. Here's what he said. That democracy can still prevail against the challenges of our time and deliver for the needs of our people. We have to root out corruption that siphons off our strength, guard against those who would stoke hatred and division for political gain is phony populism. Invest in strengthening the institutions that underpin and safeguard our cherished democratic values, as well as protecting the free press and independent judiciaries. Barrington, every, Although, oops, I cut him off there, but everything he listed in that, in that particular segment uh, seem to be targeted at one person and one group of people that may support that person. I'm sure you uh, have have no doubts as to who that person is. Of course, it's, it's um, President 45, but I just think that what he stated there was nothing but hypocrisy. Um, like, have, have you guys noticed that all in my lifetime, at least, I've never seen any type of political fact checkers until last year or maybe within the last couple of years. And so when he says things, when our president says things like he wants to keep a free press, the press hasn't been free for a long time now, if, we, if we're really being honest. And to me, it just seems that like these, the, the, the divisiveness that he states or he spoke on um, for political gain is legitimately what we've been seeing over the last, I don't know, three or four years between um, the left and the right, to be to be very honest. And so I think when, when our president says things like that on a national stage, excuse me, on a world stage, it disrespects us as uh, United States citizens because we know and we see on a day-to-day -day basis what goes on with our congressmen, with our senators, and it's just not right, to be honest. Benny, I want you to, to uh, look specifically at a couple of words he threw in there. He said, we've got to protect the independent judiciary, mm -hmm. and we have to protect against populism. Now, last I knew, the Soviet or Soviet Union tells you dates me a little bit here. <laughs> Russia was not making any effort, any effort to take over our judiciary. Neither was China. Maybe I don't know. Um, but again, he's talking about what he considers to be domestic enemies, and he's also waving a little bit of a signal here that uh, court packing might not be off the table. Yeah, I mean, the reason that he does not want populism is because, <clears throat> like Barrington was alluding to. A um, united population is a lot more easier to control than a uh, divided population. So um, that's why they're trying to divide us. They don't want a, a populist movement again because that's what got Trump elected. And Trump was um, the biggest threat to them and their uh, you know, long-term agenda. He was like the monkey wrench you know, into the DC machine. So that's why he doesn't want populism. But I want to back up uh, just a second. Um, you guys are seem a little confused as to why the military is getting involved with the climate change agenda. And I'm going to shed some light on that uh, real quick. I think the reason that Biden wants the military involved in the climate change agenda uh, is because when probably all of us here 
and people who we know and our friends and family, the citizens that will refuse to pay the carbon taxes and reduce their emissions and not subject themselves to the Green New Deal. When the military is involved in that, they can enforce those rules. Mm -hmm. The military can enforce those rules here. So let me ask you a question. What happens when the military turns against its own citizens? That's why the Second Amendment is so important. And I think that is why this is paving the way and setting a military precedence for getting them involved in the climate change agenda so they can enforce these uh, draconian rules, you know, maybe not tomorrow, maybe not 10 years from now, but in the future. Britt, um, one of the things that Biden did after his series of remarks was take some questions from reporters. I just want to point out that just like his previous press conference, the reporters were, the reporters were predetermined and pre-screened. He had a list of people to call on, and he went through that list from, from start to finish. There were five reporters. The reporters were from ABC, NBC, CNN, the Washington Post, and AFP. I'm not quite sure what AFP is. Uh, but either way, you know, there I can't I I don't hear any uh, you know confrontational press organizations there. They seem all very very friendly to the administration. But CNN did ask a question that stumped him. He asked um, Biden <laughs> if Biden still stood by his uh, his um, words when he called Putin a killer. And this is what Biden how he how he rehandled that particular question in a weekend interview vladimir putin laughed at the suggestion that you had called him a killer is that still your belief sir that he is a killer <laughs> answer the first question <laughs> i'm laughing too they actually i well look i mean he has made clear that uh uh no, your screen is not frozen. He's just standing there. The answer is, I believe he has in the past essentially acknowledged that he was, uh, there are certain things that he would do or did do. Britt, not really an answer there. I think now, you know, many people have said Biden's tough, you know, when he's when he's uh, on camera in, in and in the home country. But when he's here, he can't uh, he can't uh, take the same tough position. Um, but anyway, he looked like a deer in headlights there, Britt. Yeah, that was horrible. Um, I, you know, I, I miss the orange man. Trump would have said, yeah, he's a killer. He's been, he's a KGB, he's a killer. But I'm going to go have that meeting and I'm going to kill that. Ki That's what Trump would have done. Trump would have just owned it and said, yeah, he's a killer. Because Putin is a killer. I'm telling you, when Biden originally said that, Putin and his people, they high five. They totally high five. That is, that's like a feather in the cap. I mean. He ran the KGB. Of course he's a killer. He came up through the ranks. at the. K he's killed lots of people in horrific ways. Shit that we see in Hollywood, he has probably done. That's who Putin is. So, yeah, just own it. Yeah, he's a killer. And I'm going to go in that room, and I'm going to own that killer. That's what he should have done. But he can't think because he's got too many people in his – he's got too many sissies, uh, terrified, man-bun-wearing, soy boy – left-wing liberals around him oh you can't say this don't offend that and you can't do this and you can't do and, and he's got too much shit in his head and his brain can't process it all he just can't that's why he vapor locked for like eight seconds the brain you can just see the smoke oh my god what do i say what do i say the little the little teeny cia special csi tv earbud in his ear you know the the the, the handler and the, it's going say this blah 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 say this and he just he couldn't handle it all it was too much and the reality is Putin is a killer. 
Absolutely. And that's what he should have said. Yeah, he's a killer. And I'm going to go in that room and I'm going to negotiate with that killer. And I'm going to get the best deal for America. That's what he should have said. But he didn't because he's a feeble, old, liberal, soy boy, racist, white boy. Uh, tell us how you really feel, Britt. Uh, <laughs> I don't like the man. He's a mean dude. And he, and he molests little girls. So. Okay. All right. <laughs> so, uh, Mr. Putin, when did you stop putting puppies in a blender? Um Exactly. Yeah. So, Barrington, here's the, here's the very next question from the next reporter for Biden. Here at, at this meeting and earlier at the G7, you've said several times that America's back at allies' side. But a lot of those allies are themselves pretty rattled by what happened on January 6th, an attempted uh, overturning of your election. Uh, and they may still be uh, alarmed by the continued hold that Donald Trump has over the Republican Party and the rise of nationalist figures like him around the world. What do you say to those allies? What have you been saying to them at, at these meetings about how the next president of the United States can keep any promises you make? What I'm saying is them, to them is, watch me. Barrington, here we have a, a reporter. A reporter at, following up on a NATO conference saying that the other world leaders, the other NATO leaders, the other G7 leaders are still rattled by the insurrection of January 6th where there was an attempt to overthrow his legitimate election. This stuff makes me want to puke. I don't know how else to, to, to describe it, but it makes me sick. Okay, so um, are we not going to say the obvious and say that, that that reporter, or at least that question was a plant? Because one thing that I'm totally tired of hearing is I'm tired of hearing that January 6th was an insurrection. Like, like when, th this is the problem that I have with media. Like, when, when are we, as the people, we're going to call them out on their BS? Because questioning like that, they shouldn't get away with to, to ask President Biden on the national stage. And do you really do you guys really think that world leaders care about January 6th as much as our media like makes it seem that it was a big deal here? Like we we have to start being honest. And I think that the more that we allow um, media presences to lie openly like this, we're gonna get in deeper trouble to see that the media is gonna continue fabricating things in our faces, but more serious things. I'm going to give you the last one, Benny. This is the last clip I have from this particular news conference. And then, Britt, you can take it here. Uh, but this is this is another perfect example of uh, of how, how weak this president is and how misguided his focus is. The Republican Party is vastly diminished in numbers. The leadership of the Republican Party is fractured. And the... Trump wing of the party is the bulk of the party, but it makes up a significant minority of the American people. A couple quick things, Benny. First of all, that was a continuation of his answer to, that, to the question about January 6th. Also, he broke a precedent here where uh, presidents generally do not uh, make political hay or, or, or criticize an, the opposing political party while they're on foreign soil in this type of situation, but he did it anyway. And he has no understanding of what is actually happening. And whether you want to call it the Republican Party or the conservatives or the or the Trumpers or whoever, this group of people, 75 plus million strong, are still very, very concerned at the, at the direction of this country. And they will be out in force in a year and a half when the midterms come around. Absolutely. Um, 
to quote a Flowbots uh, song, the insurgency is alive and well. Uh, you know, I think that um, I think that they're going to be in a root in a root awakening. Uh, this is um, really just uh, posturing, and I think that uh, he tells himself this, and the media will play it, play it, play it on repeat, so that way people will start to believe it. And uh, you know, um, it's it, it's just embarrassing. And I mean, like you said, seventy-five million plus. Um, I think that uh, that that number itself is going to be completely shattered uh, in a couple years. Um, as far as um, how mobilized our base is and um, how we're ready to take back uh, our freedom that's been taken away from us. Uh, we're ready and we're going to show we're ready with, uh, with when we go to the polls. Trust me. God, I hope you're right, Benny. I hope you're right. I'm going to bring up uh, something that, JV, you and I talked about last night on the uh, Leftover Show. But I, I think with the conversation that we're on, all the clips you just laid out, it, it's I'm interested to see what Barrington and Benny will think of this. So, Barrington, I'm going to go to you first with this. This is, um, come on, computer, kick in. Uh, so this is Macron, Macron from France. You know, number one with the whole COVID thing, apparently him and Biden are very handsy, touchy-feely, lovey-dovey, whatever that's all about. But in the lower part, uh, uh, Macron was asked, you know, is America back? He said, definitely, America's back. And he said, I think it's great to have a U.S. president part of the club and very willing to cooperate, he said. And I think what you demonstrate is that leadership is partnership. So my question to you, Barrington, after all the stuff we've watched over the last couple of weeks and, you know, basically this the whole lead up to the overseas thing, the French are our ally. They love having Joe Biden around. Um, I think I know why they love having him around. I'm curious what you think. Why do you think they love Joe Biden far more than Trump? Um, I think they realize that he's possibly a pushover, to be honest. I think that, um, you know, uh, the thing that or the thing that we see that we haven't seen in a while is that um, we, we don't have a, a distinct leader that we had with President Trump. The reason I say this is because I don't want to say the other leaders feared Trump, but they, at least they respected him. And I think that it's very easy to to brown nose this president who's who's basically a pushover, who's basically can can do or will do anything that you want him to, because, again, his own country doesn't even know if he's on the decline cognitively. And so with these things at hand, I think that they're now in a, a comfortable position to make a power play. Like like to me, we're no longer um, the kid in the playground with the big stick anymore. Now, everyone who's been waiting to assume our position has just been has been get inching closer and closer to, to get closer to us, to see that if they can not only just take our spot or just to, just to weaken us, it, it, at least that it seems that way in my opinion. Yeah, uh, I, I think you're right. I think they're definitely onto that. I think it's a little more sinister personally. I, I am, well, next to Benny, we're the conspiratorial types of the group. Um, Benny, so I'm gonna go to you with this. Although I do have a little side note. I just noticed in chat, it's President Trump's birthday today, so we should say happy birthday oh, to President right. Trump. That's right. You know? that's right. May he live many more years and maybe rule this country one more time. Don't use he the word out. rule. But Ben, um, lead, lead. Will he lead, lead this country? That's a better word. Thank you. Yeah, there we go. Uh, one more time before he checks out. Um, Vinny, so so uh, uh, Barrington, who's new to the show, was very polite in his answer. <laughs> I think the foreign countries are in on this and the whole thing. They, they saw what was going on. They've been angling and you know, with, you know, because they're all connected with the Soros and the Atlantic, you know, the Atlantic and the World uh, World Economic Forum, and 
Uh, you know, they're, they're all kind of tied in. And I think they see blood in the water, and they're going to do whatever they can do to undermine us and then take our power. How do you see it, that they're so happy that Joe Biden is in office? Yeah, well, I, I think they're happy that he's in office because they know that he uh, is for a type of, uh, well, A, the downfall of our country. I mean, just look at his policies and what he did in his first 100 days, and you can't you can't choose 100 worse days as far as a, a policymaking uh, uh, Congress that's run by, the, by, by one party and an executive branch that's run by the same party. You can't choose another 100 days that was more destructive to our country. Uh, that's first thing. And uh, when America falls, you know, it's like, uh, if you guys have ever, have ever read Lord of the Rings, but um, there's a quote, I think Aragorn says it, and he says, uh, if we fall, who's left? You know, who's left to shine nobody. a beacon of freedom um, in this in this world? There's nobody if America falls. So uh, when that happens, I mean, the EU is already a conglomerate, you know, um, they want an NAU, you know, the, the, the North American Union, you know. And uh, furthermore, I don't know if you guys saw Jack Pasebic's, um, uh tweet, but he said something about one of his sources overheard um, Justin um, mm. Trudeau, the Canadian yeah. prime minister, saying that um, he believes that Kamala Harris is going to be president by the end of next year. So yeah. um, it's not just Biden that they that they want; it's her. And if we think Biden Biden's embarrassing to watch and just you know cringeworthy. Um, she's cringeworthy, cringeworthy in a different way. But if people think that Biden's policies are bad and radical, then just wait till she comes on. I mean, we're going to have to do, you know, 20 shows a week, guys. <laughs> yeah, 20 shows a week. Oh, my God. Well, I mean, I don't mind doing 20 shows a week. I just have to be able to uh, supplement the funds for my day job. Uh, so, JV, <laughs> uh, along the same lines, I'm going to switch a little bit here. So, Biden... Uh, uh, fumbles uh, quite a bit uh, with, with, with mistaking Libya for Syria, Libya for Syria. He didn't do it once. He did it like three or four times in a very short amount of time, like 90 seconds, where he was having a conversation and he kept saying uh, with Russia, uh, Russia humanitarian aid to Libya when he meant Syria. But he kept saying Libya because he's lost in the brain. He's got Swiss cheese brain. So my question to you, JV, this is pretty damn serious. And my thought, my, my, my thought is this, or maybe you can help me process this out in my head. So he goes and he meets with Putin one on one, and they're at the meeting, sitting across from the table, and they're, uh, you know, and 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 Biden's given the killer the 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 what for for all the stuff in Syria, but he goes to Putin, he says, "I want you to remove all your weapons from Libya, and then we'll remove the sanctions." And Putin, being smart enough, goes, "We're not, we're not talking about Syria, but he wants to, yeah, we we'll do that, absolutely, handshake." Spit on the hand, handshake. So Russia's going to remove all their weapons from Libya, but Biden just agreed to remove sanctions from Syria. I mean, he, he fucks up a word or two, and those serious level of negotiations, I mean, he could really screw up some foreign policy and obligate us to some stuff. Now, whether we, whether we follow through or not is a different story, but the fact is, Russia could say, what, you, you're, you're reneging on your deal? I mean, this is dangerous level shit with the way his brain is. Well, it's dangerous on every every level. And, and as Benny uh, said, we've already seen how dangerous it is to our domestic policy. 
Uh, we, we've seen how dangerous it is on the world stage in these last few days with the G7 and NATO. And of course, we're not we're not naive enough to think and, and really believe that he and Putin are going to be sitting down in a room without anybody else around and start making deals. That's not going to be what happens. It's going to be lower level State Department people that are actually going to be doing the discussion. And these guys are going to actually just walk around and get photos of, of themselves, uh, uh, you know, walking through a garden with their hands on each other's backs, so like they're like they're solving the world's problems. That's most likely what will come out of this. And anything Biden ends up saying to Putin will be well scripted. He'll either be reading from a teleprompter or no, uh, notes on or actually a full script on a page in front of him. So there's not going to be anything random about this, but it's also not going to be anything productive whatsoever. He had note cards that said Syria that he was reading from and still said Libya. Um, okay, well, I, I, I don't know. Then maybe the person making the cards needs to be fired. I don't know what to tell you there. All I do know, I do know this. I do know that he is cognitively impaired. I think uh, Barrington kind of tiptoed around those yeah. words, but he, we all believe it to be true. Cognitively impaired. He cannot think for himself. He cannot remember. And he certainly isn't coming up with this agenda. This agenda is being fed to him from other places, whether it's domestic or foreign. Go ahead, Barrington. You want to jump in? Do you guys remember all the times President Trump had, um, you know, rendezvous or meetings with other world leaders and the media basically um, crucified him and saying that how much of an embarrassment he was, how much he make, he's making us look bad on the world stage. Have you noticed throughout all these these gaffes that President Biden has had, not one, at least to my knowledge, not one mainstream media source has said any of the same type of critiques that they gave President Trump. And the thing about it is, I don't know if people are, are waking up and seeing this, but things, little small intricate details or things like that I pay attention to because it goes to show just how one-sided our media, our mainstream media is. And so when we talk about or just bring these types of things up, what media can we trust right now to tell us the truth that is? Yeah. Yeah, the only media the only media we, we can trust are, are programs like this, where there are people who are who are certainly patriot minded and they're trying to get to the bottom of the truth that is not being delivered to them through any traditional media outlets. So it's an excellent point. In fact, the media goes as far as saying, "Oh, the world is so is taking a sigh of relief as President Biden walks into the room and and they can actually feel comfortable again." You know, I mean, they're they're going so far beyond just not reporting his gaffes. They're going to the point of making it sound like the man walks on water as he walks into the room and the rest of the world is just in awe of his awesomeness. I mean, that's the way they are reporting these meetings and what's happening here. And the truth is, none of that is actually true. Europe, European leaders, of course, love him because he's as socialist as they are. But that's the only thing that he brings to the table for them and money. He's not going to make them pay their their two percent. What do you you want? You got something you're pointing out here, Brett? Well, you're talking about the media, just this white whitewashing and fluffing everything. This is France 24, major media over there. And AFP is American Foreign Press, just so you know, JV. Uh, Geneva Summit stirs memory of 1985 Reagan-Gorbachev meet. Make me want to puke. They think that Biden is going to be at the level of Reagan and Gorbachev, at the Gorbachev thing where Reagan is tear down this wall and all of that stuff and broke the ussr that's what they're pumping out the media not even just here but even over there this 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 fluff this uh, the media 
at the end of this story, when this story is completely over and it's being written about in the history books, you know, 100 years from now, 200 years from now, the media is the true devil in the details. They are the true devils that did not do their job as the fourth estate of our government written into the Constitution to do their job and tell the people the truth. They did not yep. do that. They chose a side and they will go down as the people that literally, if we go that far, destroyed the greatest country on this planet. And I'll give it back to you, JB. Yeah, I, and just one more thing about that. One of these things, these the, the Europeans, the G7 partners, the NATO allies, and I, I would hope they're smart enough to recognize this despite their rhetoric, is that if the United States returns to, well, it, we've already returned there. I'm not even going to say if we return there. But if we start spending ourselves into bankruptcy, if we start uh, you know, focusing on a woke military instead of a strong military, if we start focusing our military on climate change instead of China and Russia, if we do all these things, we will not have the strength nor the finances to support the world if the shit hits the fan sometime down the road, which it most likely will. There are a lot of bad actors. It might not be Russia and China, but it could be Iran. It could be North Korea. It could be a hundred different places. And if we don't have a bank account to draw from and a military to put in place that can actually get the job done, the world is screwed. And that seems to be where, where we're headed. Um, did you want to jump in on this, Barrington, before I change the topic? You were shaking your head oh, there. Not at all. Okay. Not at all. I'm, I'm, I'm agreeing with you. You're right. All right. Let's go to, uh, let's change the topic a little bit here. Uh, because there's some, there are a few things that are going to be coming out of the Supreme Court that, that are going to get these uh, choruses of uh, we need to make the Supreme Court fair again and all this stuff. Uh, we're going to start hearing all of this again. And it seems to be, I, I don't know, but I think the Biden. Uh, commission that was going to look at balance on the Supreme Court for 90 days. I think that thing is still happening. I think it's still going on. And if it is, that 90 days is going to be up as these court decisions start becoming revealed. And I'm going to go through the list of things that the court's going to look at. And I want to talk about a couple of these. They've already had most of these cases, if not all of them. They just haven't released their decisions. One of them is a same-sex foster parent and religious liberty case uh, in which the court had to is having to decide whether or not a, an organization that places foster children can object um, on religious grounds to a placing a child with um, with a, with a um, same sex couple. That's one of the things. Another one is an Obamacare challenge, um, which you know we've heard several of these challenges before, but it relates to the uh, the tax mandate and the, uh, the the penalties for that. But one that's very very important is this voting rights um, decision. This has already been heard by the Supreme Court, but the case comes as the GOP is crafting voting, according to this article, restrictions, which I would argue they're not necessarily restrictions, through state legislatures. And they're saying one of the disputed policies requires election officials to throw out entire ballots cast in the wrong precinct. Barrington, should we allow people to vote in the wrong place and still have their vote count? That doesn't seem to be a restriction against voting so much it is as it is a security issue. I have an issue with... with um this nonsense about voting bills that are being produced in different states is being restrictive because they're not restrictive. At the end of the day, if you really want to cast your ballot to vote, you will go to the right place and nothing really will stop you. When you look at um, a lot of the initiatives that many of these states have in voting, you see that a lot of people, excuse me, a lot of these states have early voting days, a lot of early voting days. And so basically what I'm trying to say is, is to me, it, it seems that 
they're making excuses as to why they want to just basically change the voting voting bills in order to support one specific side of the political spectrum. And I think it's, 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 it's ridiculous. Like we're all adults. We all can vote. We all have the, the means and the capabilities to vote. So why are our political overlords trying to coddle us in the process or in, in the sense of, you know, um, making basically empowering themselves through these 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 voter bills or these voter laws like it, it makes no sense it makes it's not rocket science right it isn't um the uh supreme court's also going to release decisions about ncaa athlete compensation i don't really have an opinion on that but uh one of the things i think will probably be considered a landmark case and it will be referred to frequently moving forward is the uh, case about students free speech there was a high schooler who went on social media to uh post uh, a very uh, uh expletive filled message about her school following the fact that she was rejected from the varsity cheerleading varsity cheerleading squad after she put this on social media she was punished with a year-long suspension from being a cheerleader so the court now has to determine whether or not schools have the authority to police students online activity if they're doing it off of school grounds. Benny, any thoughts on this thing? But it seems to me this will be a precedent that'll establish a lot of the rules moving forward. Yeah, just when you were you reading the the details of of why she was suspended, my wheels started to spin to um, conspiracy junction. Um, I'm sure that if <laughs> she I'm sure that if she posted expletive um, filled thoughts about how great her school is uh, they, they probably wouldn't have minded um it's the fact that she was criticizing the institution that controls her what if that what, is what, the issue what if she posted expletive filled uh messages about hating donald trump you think that would have gotten her expelled too oh, or not expelled gotten, but off the cheerleader squad probably been able to give a speech at graduation most likely uh i think that i think that uh it, that does set a create a, a really scary precedent, in my opinion, about I mean, not being able to, you know, um, openly criticize. Um, you know, it, it could be your employer, it could be your local government, could be the federal government, could be the president. It could it it, it could be, and this is such a slippery slope. I know that um, philosophically speaking, that's not um, a strong argument, the slippery slope argument, but this is something that I see that could snowball and have that effect and um, set a really dangerous precedent for not being able to criticize any governing authority, whether it be a school, an employer, um, you know, any sort of level of government. That's uh, that's really scary. Britt, another case that is getting national attention, and this is not a Supreme Court case, but a judge has halted Biden's $4 billion plan to compensate farmers based on their race. This was part of the most recent COVID uh, relief bill or the American Rescue Plan, whatever he called it. But a, a judge in Wisconsin has ruled that this is a racist policy, surprise, surprise, that you can't, the federal government can't be making awards based on race. He went on to say that the obvious response to a government agency that claims it continues to discriminate against farmers because of their race or national origin is to direct it to stop. It's not to direct it to intentionally discriminate against others based on their race or national origin. Uh, are things starting to get back to some common sense level thinking here? Or is this, is this just an anomaly, a flash in the pan, do you think? Well, I mean, we, we the previous administration worked really hard to put constitutionalists 
on the court. And that's what we're seeing play out. The wackiness of our government is being stopped in the courts, which is why they got to expand it and do all this other crazy stuff they're talking about. Um, I, I'm just amazed that, I mean, I, when I was in high school, I did a whole, I had my, my uh, high school um, uh, report was on the civil rights era and all the stuff that was, was fought for. Um, and it just amazes me that, that we, want, we want to go back to looking at skin color and not the character. You know, what was Martin Luther, Martin Luther King's quote, uh, or the dream was that, that his children would be judged by the, by the, the character of their, of their brain. Content the, of their character. Content of the character. The content of their character as opposed to, thank you, as, as opposed color to the of color their skin. of their skin. Right. Yeah. And, and, and that was such a, I mean, that was such an amazing time back then. And th those men and women put their lives on the line. They planted trees, seeds, that they knew that they would never sit in the shade because it was for their children and their grandchildren and their great-great-grandchildren and the future. They fought for that and they bled for that and they died for that. And we now have the quote-unquote party of the minority, the, the, the Democrats who are all ones always saying that they are for the minority are, 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 are eviscerating it. I'm sorry, but, but when you look at what the Democrats did in the South way back when, was it good for, was it good for black people? No. When you look at what Democrats did during the Jim Crow law eras, fighting against repealing them, was that good for the black folks? No. When you look at what the Democrats are doing today in the inner cities that they've run for a hundred goddamn years, and we still have Section 8 and fatherless families and kids that are just, they're graduating, they can't even read, run by the Democratic machine. Is that good for the black people of America? No, because we have low expectations. Because if we keep, and that's what they're trying to do to all of us. They want us all dumb so they can rule us. They will stay, they will stay, 13 seconds, Burn. They will stay behind the walls, in the city, in the high heel, in the high rises, eating the true meat while we work in the cubicles and eat the bugs. That's what they want. And they have to dumb us down. Uh, Barrington, what would you like to say? Yeah, see, um, this is something that I've, of course, been hating to see on any type of news source because I feel like the only real racism that has been going on, the, the true direct racism has been the bigotry of low expectations. So, for example, you have you have these Democratic leaders saying defund the police, yet and still they go and get private police. You have these Democratic leaders saying, well, oh, um, it's not enough black kids in gifted programs, so let's end the gifted programs for everyone. And that just doesn't make sense. And I think that of course, we live in a world where there are billions of people with billions of ideas and billions of thoughts, billions of beliefs. So there's always going to be some type of prejudices. There's always going to be someone or a small group of people that feel a specific type of way. And there's nothing, you know, that we can do about that. But we live in a, in a time in an era that we have so much racial equality and so much equality in general that that has never been seen on planet Earth in, in any time that humans have ever existed. However, it seems to me at least that instead of you know actually fixing the problems that need to be fixed you see that leftists are trying to like incorporate all of these racial ideals in which they're making the situations worse than what they were before i have one more quote from yeah. this judge that uh that that yeah. made this decision and again this is a temporary stay until they work this out it's a restraining order but the judge also wrote um, that the uh, state can provide better outreach education and other resources but it cannot discriminate on the basis of race uh benny 
I'm going to have to assume that this is going to survive all challenges. And when even if it gets up to the Supreme Court, I think it's pretty clear that the federal government should not be discriminating based on race. I think that's in law. I don't I actually I don't think I know it is. So what does this portend for all these other elements of the, not just the American Rescue Plan, but there are parts of Biden's infrastructure that are clearly designed to do the same thing. Uh, and there are some of the other legislation in the budget that he's just proposed. There are parts of it that do the exact same thing. Does this deal a major blow to the Biden administration's agenda. I mean, the Biden the Biden administration itself is a farce in my opinion. I mean, they're not even legitimate. Um so uh anything that happens to their agenda, I believe will eventually be reversed uh 100% whether it's um in you know 4 years from now or whether it's sooner. Um uh, I guess time will tell, but um, I wouldn't, I wouldn't worry too much about, and you know, like you said, I'm sometimes can be a, a glass half empty type of, you know, type of guy when it comes to, you know, politics and, um, and, and the state of our country. But on the other hand, um, I think that, uh, Biden and his administration are going to mess this country up so badly that it's going to shine a light on the Democrats and their policies and uh, things will be reversed eventually. It may not be, you know, a year from now, maybe four or five years from now, maybe sooner. I don't know. But um, yeah, I think that eventually uh, things will uh, have a way to, the pendulum will shift back to the middle. The Democrats are looking at opening another door that has never been opened in this country. They're calling it a Patriot tax. There is a proposal. <laughs> yeah. There is a proposal from a Democrat congressman. He happens to be a New Yorker, I think from Long Island uh, area, but uh he is proposing, he's in the early stages of looking at what he's calling a patriot tax. This would be a one-time, <laughs> nothing the government taxes is ever one time, but right now they're calling it a one-time surcharge of 2.5% on the wealth between $50 million and $100 million and 5% on wealth above $100 million. Barrington, this is a this is not an income tax. This is a, hmm, how much money do you have in the bank? Well, we think that's too much. You need to give us 5% of it. I mean, this Disagree. is this is uncharted territory. Disagree. I don't I don't agree with the redistribution of wealth. I think that we live in the United States of America for a reason. And everyone here, as long as they have these the certain type of self-discipline, self-accountability and values that they can make it. I don't I don't think that it's right for it to, for anyone to just take money from a person just because they have it, that those people earn that. And anytime you earn something, you have the right as the, the, the person who who controls it to do whatever you want to do with it. And it's not the government's job to say that, hey, oh, you make this much, then, hey, you should just give this to us and we'll redistribute it the way we see for a good cause no that's that's on the person the individual and i think that um the, the fact that a lot of these democratic ideologies are so socialist in nature it goes to show that it's going to do great damage to our country if we don't step up as the americans that we are and put an end to this because this is this is totally ridiculous and totally um unnecessary and i think that it's important for us to continue to have these conversations, to continue to, to, to talk about things like this so none of this will ever come to pass. And Britt, uh, you can uh, comment on this and then go to what you have next. But uh, one of the things that this congressman is saying, he said, we all know that people who are wealthy did very well during the pandemic. And I will point out it's because of what 
these Democrats did to the economy during the <laughs> pandemic. Uh, but he says they all uh, did that very was the plan. He, they all did very well during the pandemic, and people that were low income people did not do so well. Um, there's a couple things. One, if he's talking about small businesses, I don't think that's what he means by low income people. My my message to him would be stop fixing the game against the small business person. First of all, you're the one doing damage to the small business people. Secondly, if he's talking about just regular low income folks, uh, you know, there's been a lot of money put into uh, helping folks that were struggling during the pandemic. Again, a crisis they caused, not the virus themselves that th- th- they caused. That, that, that existed, it did what it did, but they caused the shutdowns and caused the economy to collapse as it did. So, um, again, comment on this and then take it where you want. But, uh, you know, again, these Democrats are creating the problem then trying to be heroes for solving it. Well, I mean, that's that's that's... That's politics 101. Create the problem that you can solve and then grift off it and get your family and friends rich while you're, you know, uh, swiping all this money. I mean, um, the Pelosi's of the world, the McConnell's of the world, the, I mean, these, these lifelong politicians and lobbyists and, you know, employees of the federal government, you know, their bank accounts are going to swell. And these 85,000 IRS agents that the Biden administration is going to hire to start auditing, I hope to God they audit the federal government employees. See who got money. Where did that money come from? Hey, why did hey where'd this twenty-eight thousand dollar boat come from on your you know seventy-two thousand dollar year? You know, let's audit some of them. Hell, Al Sharpton owns owes four million dollars in back taxes, and he still hasn't paid it, and he's still not. I mean, I hate him. I fucking hate him. They are destroying the best thing ever, and the reason they get away with it is because we've had it so good for so long on the backs of decisions that were made by men like Newt Gingrich and Ronald Reagan and the Founding Fathers and people in between now and then that that allowed us to be so fat, happy, and dumb since World War II because the greatest generation did all that work, planting those trees to make that shade they would never sit in for us, that we have literally hired the dumbest, most evil people on the planet to run our country and piss our luxury away. So with that said, I'm going to change subjects a little bit to some smaller things that I see. And you know something that's funny that Barrington said in the beginning that he notices the small things that, and stuff. So here's this little article I ran across. It's from China. One of their nuclear plants has likely has a leak. Uh, it's near the the, the city of uh, Lagogon province, 26 million people in that area. But if you look at the text, it says CNN warned Chinese safety regulators were re- reportedly raising the acceptable limits for radiation detection in the area surrounding the power plant in an effort to avoid having to shut the plant down. So, Barrington, since you're into the little things like me, the plant's leaking. That's where the uh, you know all the hysteria is at and all the flags are at. But, hey, we got the regulators saying, you know, we're just going to raise those those little milligas, whatever. You know, we're going to increase that by 28%. Hey, you might glow a little bit longer, but we're not going to shut the plant down and black out <laughs> half the continent. You know, so right, my, my question to you is, the devils are in the details. The devil's always in the details because what happens in, in a lot of times in these cases is that very small problems amount to be very big problems if not um, checked out. And that's what's, that's probably what's going to end up happening in, in regards to that um, nuclear power plant in China. And I just think that like we've we've just been like so soft 
um, in many in regards to China in many different ways. And this is another situation I think that we should probably take a look into before it causes a problem on a global scale. Because if we just sit, sit back and just allow things to, to go as planned or just to take um, as they're going as a regular process, I think that we're going to end up in much bigger trouble than we are right now. And it's always the smaller intricacies and situations like this that we say, oh, it's nothing. And then next thing you know, we have um, a, a global issue that we could have took care of when we first saw it. Right. No, you're exactly right. And just real quick, the chat, someone said China's trying to awaken uh, their own Godzilla. Maybe. Maybe we better get Rodan <laughs> going out of our volcanoes. Um, so, Biddy, so let's 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 back up to the thirty thousand foot level. Remember when Chernobyl happened and the Russia the Russia government, the communist controlled, central party controlled government? Oh, nothing to see here. Don't don't know those little Milikas spikes in in the in the uh, uh, not the ball in the uh, the Switzerland states. What do they call it up there? The um, they were up in it was in the Scandinavian states. It was Sweden. It was detected in Finland, and, and there were yeah. where the detections were. Scandin Never mind all that. Nothing to see. Nothing. I mean, should we be worried that they're going to blow their fucking plan up like like the Russians did? Because when you watch Chernobyl on, what is it, Netflix, JV? It's you, HBO. It it's HBO. HBO. Yeah. Uh, everybody's got to watch that. Chernobyl on HBO. It's amazing. And it's pretty factual. It is but the good. Russians knew for a long time, and had they gotten help in the beginning from the West, it would have never blown up. But here we are. Do we need to worry about that with China? Are they lying to us? Uh, China never lies to us. What are you talking about? <laughs> Of course, <laughs> of course, we have to worry. I wouldn't, I wouldn't trust China as far as I could throw them, you know. Um, but uh, j just to back up real quick, um, talking about the redistribution of wealth, people need to um, let go of the fact that uh, you know, the quality of opportunity, the quality of opportunity is not the quality of outcome. Those are two very different things, um, you yes. know. So people need to understand that, like like Baron Ting was saying, and about about the tax on on the rich. And uh, I think JV was like, nothing government ever does is, you know, just a temporary thing. Uh, people forget the federal income tax was a temporary measure to pay off our war debts after World War II. And here we are generations later, we say, geez, why am I getting taxed so much? You know, so, um, yeah, people need to stand up against this bullcrap uh, because it's, um, it's, uh, it's going to ruin our country and it's going to make us all uh, slaves to the government. That is exactly true. Slaves to the government. That's what they want. They want us back on the plantation. They want us to be their little peasants working out in the fields, doing whatever they say while they live in the city, living the high life. And, it, and we all see it. It's there. They wrote it down in their damn rule books. Rules for radicals, Mein Kampf. It's all there to read. The Great Reset. It's all there to read. They're doing it. So, JV, I'm going to come to you. So there is a North Korean defector female lady that went to uh, went to uh, uh, Columbia University, and she is she wrote an article she, or did an interview, and she is flipping out. She said even North, uh, the article is even North Korea's not this nuts. Defector slams woke U.S. schools, and if you read in the text, she says I expected that I was paying this fortune, all this time and energy to learn how to think, but they are forcing you to think the way they want you to think. I realized, wow. This is insane. I thought America was different, but and then I accidentally cut it off. Uh, but it's what I saw in North Korea, and I'm starting to worry. So we have a North Korean educated defector who's saying, holy crap, what are you guys doing? <laughs> the signs are everywhere. The red flags are waving. The flares are in the air. 
The frick, the, the needle's in the red. How long do we go? What the hell? JV, please fix this and make me feel better. Yeah, well, I wish I could fix it. The bottom line is that, uh, you know, this North Korean defector is not the first foreign observer to suggest that we've lost our sanity because in a way we have, at least the left has, they've completely lost their sanity. The fact that we're arguing about pronouns and not arguing about weapon systems in our military is, is a pr prime example of that. The fact that our schools are basically telling parents to butt out of their child's education because they'll handle it the way they want to is another giant red flag and an indication that we have lost our minds. And we need to find them again before it's too late. I want to go back to what you were talking about with the uh, Chinese power plant. I was reading the article about this. And it was French scientists that observed the anomaly. Now, remember, if you did watch Chernobyl or if you know anything about Chernobyl, the only reason the Soviets came clean about the problems there were because foreign observers in Sweden and other Scandinavian nations noticed increases in residual radiation coming from Chernobyl, which was many hundreds of miles away, if not thousands. And they noticed these spikes in radiation, so they 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 brought it to the world stage, and, and the Soviet Union was forced to act. And as you said, Britt, the Soviet Union refused any Western help to fix the problem. And I'm afraid China will do the same thing. In fact, the, the Americans are already looking at trying to put some U.S. technicians on the ground there to help them solve whatever the problem is, and they're already being told, no, thank you. And as you said, and can we see yep. you instead of this article? Because I'm getting a little spooked out. Oh, by the I'm article. sorry. Um, and as as uh, as you said, you know, um, these problems will only get worse. We have to assume that the Chinese technology for nuclear power plants is not on par with that of the Western world. We have to make that assumption. They steal all of their technology, so we have to assume they stole this, and therefore it's probably old technology that they, that they stole. So this is this could be a real problem, a real, real crisis. We know that Chernobyl yeah. almost poisoned all of Europe if it didn't get caught when it finally did. And uh, these things aren't aren't games they're not to be messed around with and china in its effort to be secretive about everything could very well be messing around with this yeah it's a, a scary time scary times uh do you have anything quick i do have one thing quick. We're yeah we're, we're basically yeah. out of time so i have one thing quick here that i want to do before uh we call it a night though um senator M senate minority leader mitch mcconnell during an interview uh today actually said that he and his allies in the Senate are looking at stepping into Republican Senate primaries to prevent a candidate that they view as unelectable in the 2022 election. They're trying to stop them in their tracks. Um, Britt, you have talked often about uh, you know the establishment trying to put their thumb on the scale. This seems to be another example of that. Um, it's concerning because there are a lot of rhino Republicans that need to go. They need to be voted out of office. One such rhino Republican is uh, is Lisa Murkowski of Alaska. And I did want to point out that her challenger is polling very, very well and just released a television yep. ad. And I wanted to play her ad here because I think she's going to be an important candidate coming up. Growing up wasn't always easy. My mom and dad were homeless, surviving in a canvas tent. But tough times made me who I am today. I'm a conservative pro-life, pro-Second Amendment, and America first, always. We're raising our five kids with those same Alaskan values. The insiders don't like me because I spent my career exposing taxpayer fraud and abuse. That's okay. I'm not running for them. 
I am running for you. I'm Kelly Chewbacca, and I approve this message. The fact that her name is Chewbacca, which sounds like Chewbacca, (laughs) I think it's just awesome, (laughs) especially given the fact that one of the guys that has been in prison because of what happened at the Capitol on January 6th is also known as Chewbacca guy or Chewbacca man or whatever. Benny, very quickly, we're going to go around very quickly on this. Murkowski has to go. She's horrible. Uh, do you think uh, Kelly here has a chance at, at uh, winning the primary and actually becoming the senator from Alaska? Well, I hope so. I mean, I, I thought that was a great campaign ad uh, for one. You know, you, you want uh, candidates, uh, people in charge who are for the people. And she seems to be for the people. We need more people like that uh, in charge of our government. Every round of Republican has to go. Uh, Barrington, do you think that uh, Mitch McConnell and his uh, allies, whoever they are, and I know it's a lot of money in a pack that's going to support certain candidates, do you think they're going to help or hurt the cause here? Okay. Um, as someone who took on the establishment firsthand and who didn't know how uh, powerful the establishment was, I think that she has her work cut out for her. However, if um, the people come out and do what they need to do and understand what's best for them, and this is the thing that I, I wanted to say specifically, like we always have a tendency to bash you know, the establishment as we should. But we have to take some of the onus as the people to do what's best for us and vote for in our interests as well. So I think that, you know, like I said, I, I've looked into this race specifically. I, I love everything that she's bringing to the table. I agree with you guys. Rhino Republicans need to go. But man, the establishment and the thing is they help out each other on both sides. And that's the thing. The establishment is a machine, guys. Like it's a it's a big machine and it's it's difficult to defeat but i think she has an opportunity we'll see let me just ask you a follow-up to that do you think that the machine the establishment machine establishment machine learned lessons from the election of donald trump and are now more intent on stopping that type of candidate before they get started one thousand percent one hundred thousand percent because First of all, Trump came out of nowhere and then he pulled back the curtain on everybody. And because he did that, they knew that, oh, we cannot have this again. They gonna they made an example out of him with, with this past election. And they did that to show all of us what happens when you mess with the machine. But like I've always said, we it's, it's more of us than it is them. We outnumber them. We just have to believe it and unify and go out and make our voices heard. It's really simple. We just got to do it. We have to do it. We've got to be informed. We've got to be informed. We've got to make sure our neighbors are informed and we have to do it. That's exactly right. Britt, anything uh, you want to add before we close it out tonight? Well, I do. And I, and, I, and I have one more quick thing I want to do. Uh, but real quick on Murkowski. Murkowski's dad filled that seat before her and had it for many, many, many years. And when he stepped down, it was handed to her. So she didn't really have to run for the machine that Baron mm-hmm. is talking about. Put her in. And that machine yep. is still up there in Alaska. So... But the fact that Chewbacca is out polling her by almost double digits now is amazing. And I actually send her $5 a month. I'm telling you, people that are listening, it's, it's only $5 a month out of me. But if enough of us do it to her, she can have a war chest that could dominate and win. Just like Marjorie yeah. Taylor Greene. She got, she's got like a $6 million war chest now from small donations all around the country. That's what we have to do to survive or to beat the establishment, the machine. And the machine doesn't care what side you're on. The machine is is uniparty. It just wants what it wants, and it will get what it wants. Like uh, that damn plant in uh, Shop of Horrors that ate everything. So, but, the, but I do have a question for both UJV and Barrington because 
And Barrington, you don't know, but JB actually ran for county and won. And he was a, what were you, a commissioner? <laughs> you always say that. I was a county representative. I was actually ended up being vice president of the county board of representatives. Nice, nice, nice. Okay. So, so in, in liberal New York, although it was upstate New York. So my question is this. So this, this article came out that the RNC might skip network TV presidential debates in 2024. And, and if you read in the article, they're basically saying that they have so many outlets that they can go to. They don't need the networks unless the networks completely reform how they do them, you know, the way Trump was treated and all of that stuff. So my question is really to you and Barrington. I'll start with you, Barrington. Do you think mm -hmm. that at the federal level that we as a party need the debates on the network TVs or can we get around them now? Um, I think that seeing that most network TV, most mainstream media is uh, leftist based, I think that you have to be on TV, but I think that we should have probably like switch up how they go. I think that you like, I, I personally believe that there needs to be someone to, ch to check um, with the mediators, so to speak. So someone specifically to ask the questions, because oftentimes whoever the, the person is asking the question is very biased, as we saw in many of the debates last year. But I feel like, you know, that could be mitigated if, for example, a candidate can say, OK, tell me who's going to be asking the questions. I don't want that. This is who I want. And you can choose who you want. I think that there needs to be some type of um, solutions to that. But I don't think that candidates don't need to appear on, um, you know, network TV because everyone and their mom watched net, net watches, watches network TV, excuse me. And um, candidates need as, as much as screen time as possible. OK, JV, what are your thoughts on that? Well, I don't think the platform is as important as the fact that they have a live debate. Uh, you know, net, nobody's watching network television anymore, just like nobody's watching CNN anymore. These these places are losing viewers yeah. hand over fist. You know, everyone's going to streaming platforms and even streaming platforms for their live television. So the platform is not as important as the fact that they actually have a debate where and, and I don't know if this particular article was talking about skipping these debates for the primaries or for the general election. I'm not sure which, but it doesn't it, really. It was matter. the RNC. So it was just the primary. It was primaries. specifically the RNC and yeah. The, yeah, the primary stuff. Yeah, I don't think that I don't think being on network television is that important, or even yeah. cable television for that matter is that important. Again, it's just having the, the debate itself. We need to be able to see how these people think on their feet. And the other thing I'll say, when you get to the general election and you've got, you know, the Republican versus the Democrat up there on stage, whether it's the presidential debate or the vice presidential debate, and we've seen how biased most of the moderators are, I think they should go with two moderators. I think the Republican Party yes. committee should pick one, and the Democrat committee should pick one. They should both up, sit up there, and they could take turns just like they do answering the questions, take turn asking. The Republican you know, moderator asks the question, and then the Democrat asks the follow-up, and they, you know, they just go back and forth that way. That way you get both perspectives. That's the way it should be done in my view. I agree 100%. Uh, Benny, do you want to chime in on any of that? Oh, just real quick that um, I remember uh, Joe Rogan uh, wanted to moderate a four-hour debate with President Trump and uh, candidate uh, Joe Biden. And President Trump said yes, he would do that, sit down in his studio and just talk for four, for four hours. And Joe Biden had no response. So, um, you know, I, I just said debates that would – be like that almost um you know, you know millions and millions of people watching at the same time uh, like like jv said can't seeing the candidates think on the think on their feet how they problem solve uh i think that'd be i think that'd be great and um i think that uh the fact that trump wanted to do that and biden did not want to do that i think that says enough yeah well i mean the, the great it says a lot the, well, well trump likes to talk 
Yeah, and 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 Biden ran the Great Basement campaign. You know, he the less he spoke, the better it was for his campaign, and they all knew it. So, exactly. hey, Benny, thanks for being here, buddy. Good to see you again. It's been a little while. We'll make sure you get back on real soon. And Barrington, excellent addition to our group. Thanks for being here tonight. Sorry the uh, tech problems had you coming in a few minutes late, but we made up made up for it on the other end. Absolutely, I appreciate you. And we'll have you back for sure, Britt. What do we need people Please. to do? What do we need people to do? We need. We need people to, you know, subscribe, subscribe, smash that like button, which I guess I should do right now because, you know, we have 25, 23, I don't know. We have a bunch of people in the chat, but we only have 14 likes. So come on, smash that like button. Uh, you can follow us on, uh, obviously, here on YouTube, but we're also on Rumble. We're on Twitch as our backup channels because at some point we are going to get nuked off, uh, off of YouTube. We are also on the podcast platforms, Google platform, Google Play, I think they call it. Uh, the, we're on the Apple platforms. Hey, if you're a podcast listener, thank you for listening. But if you could sneak over to YouTube and just smash the subscribe button, you don't have to watch us on YouTube, but just subscribe. It helps us out a lot. Please, it would help. And, uh, you know, we'll be back on Friday. We will be back on Friday. Thank you to everyone. In our, actually, we'll be back on Wednesday before we're back on Friday. But thank you to everybody for oh, that's being. that's true. Is today Monday? <laughs> yes. For being in the, in the chat room. We appreciate all your comments and your input and being so kind to our, our, our guest panelists as well. Uh, that's going to do it for tonight. Love you all. We'll see you next time. It's the Independence Gang.